The Protect Your Neck Podcast. UFC Mexico City Breakdown. Picks, plays, and whatever else comes our way. Let's go to work. Hot air hangs like a dead man from a white oak tree. People sitting on porches thinking how things used to be. Dark night. It's a dark night. up you savages this is the protect your neck podcast and i'm your host dan tom analyst whose work you can find at mmajunkie.com and on this year program the protect your neck podcast we break down high level mma that's what we're going to do here today tonight whenever you're listening to this hopefully it's before the fight uh getting it out uh recording this about eh, 48 hours before uh, thursday afternoon here i guess where the card starts uh, Pacific time, uh, but probably won't be out till you know evening time Pacific and really East Coast listeners in the United States, North America, uh, lower half of North America though in Mexico City, where is where this card will be taking place. Uh, as per usual, your reminder uh, to check the show notes for timestamps uh, in case you don't want to listen to the recap of the previous card before or. Uh, my thoughts and the couple notes that we do have off the top, I do not blame you, will not take it personal. And if you even want to speed up the process even faster, of course, on these breakdown shows, I recap my picks and plays at the very end of the episode. So kind of like my written breakdowns, you know, the the uh, uh, staple info and, uh, well, I don't even know the segments of my own breakdowns. But you know what I'm saying, the staple info summary, you don't have to read the summary, you, you look at the pick. A lot of digestible formats. Try to keep that the same. I'm not expecting everybody to invest, but as is my wordy and lengthy ass tends to do, I try to uh, cater to those of you who are who are into that. You know, the, the the nerds of the game, the students of the game, and of course the degenerates of the game. This is definitely a degenerate card, which we will get to. But uh, a couple notes off the top. Yeah, I'm on vacation. I know. I, I I shouldn't be doing this. And I actually tried to watch some tape, which we'll get to. Man, they really made... Uh, they, they, I mean, as if this card wasn't screaming to be skipped from many perspectives. Um, they really made it easy, didn't they? Uh, with with all the hoops you have to jump through these days. It is getting goddamn ridiculous. Uh, but I actually did uh, brush through a little bit here. Um, also... Uh, Got a nice profile sheet, which, of course, the website never no longer provides for. But you know, thankfully, uh, get that information forwarded to me. Shout, shouts to, to my man John there. Um, so I have some takes for you. Uh, I did sprinkle some degenerate stuff, which again, degenerate. I'm, 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 I'm throwing couples of ducats here, folks. It's not a not not a lot, believe me. Uh, but you know, again, you guys are curious as to what my opinion is, and I'm honest, for better or worse, usually for worse. Uh, I'm very honest, so so that's why we're here. Uh, but yeah, I'm on vacation right now. I, <laughs> I could say it's going good. I took this vacation out because the schedule is so crazy that like you kind of have to make these times. That's why I kind of went light on the uh, previews. Shouts to Keith Schillen, by the way. That was such a fun episode. Got a lot of great feedback from the episode. Thanks, for Keith, for doing it. And he definitely helped toe the line in the preview. We'll definitely get to that because we were pretty much um, the same on picks there. But yeah, I, I took took tape study a bit light, and um, thankfully, because just it, it's been a bit crazy. I'm not going to get too into it. I'm not going to 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 rant or get too too much into it. But just so you don't think that you know uh, Dan Thomas putting off excuses when this YouTube channel doesn't exactly launch uh, next week. This was the start. It was when I wanted it to. I'm still trying to. Uh, Get certain things done in the proverbial studio that I'm behind in right now, which is the 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 other the other uh, spare room in in this house. So, um, but yeah, just so you don't think I'm all procrastinating, Dan, Tom, and and for most of you, you know, I don't blame you, especially if you've been listening for a while, because it feels like since like 2017, I've been trying to just get caught up with the Hydra uh, that is the to do list sitting next to my computer here. I cut one arm uh, one arm off of it, and two arms grow, and that's kind of in the process. So I took this two weeks knowing that work was going to bleed in from both sides, which it did. And, and part of that is due to me because, again, it's not a complaint. I, I love my job. And with everything crazy going on that I'm about to just kind of give you just a, a quick taste of and we'll, we'll move on, I promise. 
Um, my, again, I'm not trying to, you know, I'm taking self-accountability here. I'm not trying to play a violin for anybody's sympathy. That's not the point here. I do it to myself because, I, again, I, as much as I complain and as much as I, I have things going down, I, I really do love my job and I love what I do at the end of the day and I can't stop thinking about it. And I'm trying to balance it so I can be more healthy, especially with what's what's going on right now. Uh, but at the same time, with what's going on right now, man, I do need some kind of healthy release to keep my brain busy and work serves as that. So I'm doing that part to myself and I expected to have my vacation be bled upon from both sides but you know within two weeks time um my concussion stuff sparked back up and i'm having kind of actually a bad you know so those kind of go by the days today for example is a bad cognitive day my power bar even though it hasn't been at 100 percent since my last slash initial severe injury in 2015 you know i've been operating i've been able to get myself up to like 80 85 now i'm probably back down to the 50 to 70 and i got to work back up uh, and that's probably being generous, fifty, optimistic, fifty to seventy. Today's probably a closer to fifty percent day, but I'm recording while there's daylight out, so hopefully that'll make a difference in the product I put forth to you here. Uh, also, like I told you guys, stepped on that roofing nail, almost went through the foot, and I'm starting to see marks on like blood from the top. That's healing now, which is crazy. Really, think did some damage in there, but no infections. Got the old tetanus shot there, and. Um, Unfortunately, uh, an, uh, another uh, the other infection that I had uh, earlier kind of popped back up, and um, I won't spare you guys the details, but you know things got worse, and I've uh, been going back and forth to the doctor with that, and uh, yeah, good old uh, just you know I, this ain't even you don't have to send goodbyes my way because again this isn't even the, <laughs> the worst of it, but uh, just like last year, but for a different reason, uh, back go it. it it's probably not, to be honest, so I don't even want to say the words cancer scare, but I just did the uh, blood protocols, uh, sent those in, waiting on those, and waiting for, thankfully, this shit, healthcare, I can't, uh, they're trying to get me in sooner, but waiting for a uh, ultrasound and possible biopsy, uh, just to see what, what we, uh, what we found is, uh, so, uh, and if, it's probably not anything to worry about, uh, but it's probably something that's, uh, you know, else it's just just common and uh either way both those things are just um both those things affect the quality of life long term in different ways obviously um and it's making life not fun right now short term so and that uh, that's just so that's just what i've been dealing with especially within these last two weeks and i kind of hinted it with the last podcast about news and Hugging your loved ones, but the more most important thing is if you want, don't worry about me sending me good. If you send anybody good vibes, it's uh to me madre, I mean, me mother. Uh, we found a, a we're lucky because most people, anyone familiar with with aneurysms, uh, brain aneurysms, there know and if you have to deal with that. Unfortunately, if you have had to unfortunately deal with that with your family, you're lucky if you find them because you only find them by accident. Uh, quiet, indiscriminate killers like cancer and the numbers are just kind of surprised me. I was aware these things existed. I just wasn't sure how indiscriminate they are and how prevalent they are in society. Uh, and we found, uh, found one in my mom and we're uh, going through that process. And, um, it's like 30%. She just had her, one of her meetings with the neurologist today. I think it's just like 30%, um, die, but 30% live but 30% have, have permanent neurological stuff. So, um, whatever the road ahead is, you know, we're, we're all strapped in and my mom is one of my few family members, uh, I have especially here and she's like the rock of our family. She takes care of her, uh, her mother passed my grandmother, her, her father's my grandfather from 1927. So I'm now still fucking kicking it, uh, takes care of him, uh, takes care of her husband. My stepfather is a Vietnam vet who actually had a mild heart attack with uh, trying to carry the load uh, and compensate and just him being stressed out himself, and he already had his chest cracked open from a quadruple bypass. So he's out of the hospital now, but that also happened within two weeks, so that was fun. And then, uh, again, my mom's a rock. She also takes care of those younger, so my sister's uh, kids, like three kids. My sister's very busy, very busy professional herself. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, my mom's always kind of running around. So, yeah, she can't do any of that stuff right now. She's... she's uh, on meds till this surgery happens, um, and we're figuring that out now. So just send vibes for that, and uh, and yeah. So I've just been um, kind of spending this this vacation as well as uh, just 
and I'm very happy to, obviously. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I'm insisting on taking the load off of her. But uh, yeah, she, so it, it's, been, it's been crazy here. So I, sorry, long-winded. I'm going to push on, guys. Don't worry. But I do have a legitimate excuse. I am not being procrastinating Dan here as to why. Um, the things that I promised I was going to do have not been done. So, um, so yeah, uh, that being said, you know, if you want to send good vibes, send good vibes that way. And I appreciate that. I'm good. I'll be fine no matter what. Uh, I'm young. Even if I get the worst of <laughs> my news, I'll be fine. I can bounce back with aggressive whatever's, whatever's, if, you know, I'm, I'm talking a little too deep here, guys, giving you guys a little TMI, sorry. But, uh, but yeah, uh, I just know a lot of y'all, you know, this is, this is kind of therapy for me, and, and not that it should be, this is a service, and although you guys are listeners for a service, and I appreciate your listenership, some of you, you know, become more of that and become friends, and always seem to check in on me and stuff like that, I don't know why, uh, but I appreciate it, uh, so I guess I'm speaking maybe more to those people, um, spare it my way, but just, you know, Whatever religion or spirituality you have, uh, go ahead and send it my mother's way. That'd be that'd be fucking cool. Uh, otherwise, um, you know, uh, I'm still here. We're, we're still going to be going strong. And people are like, Dan, why don't you uh, why don't you take a break? You got some stuff going. I, I am technically on a break for one, and there are no breaks. Again, when you work for yourself as an entrepreneur, and a lot of my brothers and sisters in the MMA media, I'm no different. I'm not playing a violin here, folks. Everybody's got their own family stuff going on, and they have to work through it too. We don't get a lot of money. A lot of us can't afford to take breaks. And even though you like to accuse a lot of us, especially at my outlet, of not you know, reporting or covering these things. By the way, shouts to guys like Paul Gift, obviously, and, and at Hey Not The Face, places like Bloody Elbow, places that I shout regularly, uh, whether it's online or on this podcast. Uh, obviously, great, great ups to them. But a lot of people like to, to accuse us of uh, just, just, just that, that kind of bullshit with this, with this court case going on and it's just so funny, y'all so so woke MMA fans that are so informed should also know that like a lot of us are in the same situations as these fighters. We are independent contractors in jobs that aren't exactly uh, fit those of independent contractors. We actually get less medical coverage, if at all. Um, uh, you know, poor, poor wages, uh, no off seasons. Um, you know, it's it's very thankless just to be you know just to be called you know. Cheeto eating, mom's basement, or whatever lazy, you know, descriptors uh, and stereotypes that I've been accustomed to. So just know that um, we <laughs> we understand. Needless to say, and I know I'm preaching to the wrong audience because y'all are fucking cool. But yeah, I, I just you know, I think I was like, it's like some tweet that had nothing to do with it. I was just talking about Access TV, something like an HD net, something I many of you guys came up upon, and someone just used that as a segue to someone who follows me too someone like they use it as a segue to quote tweet their fucking agenda their woke ass agenda okay cool thanks dude but um but yeah i'm gonna be continuing to uh provide you guys content here we'll be back next week it's a big week next week we got uh you know bellator grand prix uh featherweight grand prix i'm gonna have part two of my dark horse article uh which i'm already kind of starting on i'm gonna have breakdowns for you from musasi machita too and of course a breakdown for the top of the uh bill which is also in the grand prix that'll deserve a breakdown of its own though of course which is juan archuleta challenging for uh, pitbull's title also again not playing a violin here because i bring this on myself i couldn't stop thinking about uh work and i went to go see once upon a time mexico again to kind of get give myself a i needed a mental break obviously a little bit and uh, not once upon a time mexico once upon a time hollywood it was really enjoyable <coughs> excuse me um since I don't go to movies, I usually don't watch previews, but I allowed myself to watch some previews, watch preview of the Joker. And I was like, I was, I was nervous about it because I was afraid they're going to show too much. Maybe they did. I don't know yet. I didn't see the movie. But I think they did a good job of not showing too much, just showing the buildup and the angle they want to go at it from. Old crazy Joaquin Phoenix there. Um, but yeah, um, and uh, it, it, the uh, watching the uh, Tarantino movie, I'll just give you a hint here because uh, it, it actually, the idea sparked on a previous podcast, but I got greenlit on an idea. And I'm really fucking excited about it. Uh, I tried to put it to the side, give my, you know, I've got enough on my plate to think about right now. But this is a really fun, harmless, uh, just a fun piece. I think everybody will enjoy. But it also takes kind of low key. It'll be taking some low key, uh, low key jabs and, and stabs for comical and 
but accurate uh, for those hardcores that understand the analogies. But I'll just leave it at that. I'll, I'll leave that kind of hint, hint teaser spoiler for you. All right, we're 15 minutes in. Let's get to this uh, recap. Um, by the way, shouts to MMA betting sharks. I didn't post these podcasts in there because these are more previews than breakdowns so much. And I figure all y'all are, are subscribed anyways. And I just try to pollute people's timelines. So, um, and uh, I wrote PayPal donations. I, I actually got a couple recently and one really, really nice one. And the really nice one was specified for me not to thank them. And I didn't want to bring it up because I wasn't sure if they even wanted me to bring it up. Uh, either way, I'm definitely not going to. Um, Say, just say any names or anything. Uh, not that it gives you a lot of information. Don't worry. It doesn't like list your fears and your name and your address or anything. It just kind of allows you to attach a note, allows you to be anonymous, and, uh, and and it just shows you the amount. That's all it shows on my end. It's a PayPal donation at MixMarshallAnalyst.com, whether you're on the mobile or the desktop site. If you're on the mobile, sometimes you have to toggle to the right. But uh, it's on the homepage there, linked uh, in the... Uh, my bio on Twitter at Danton MMA. I don't advertise it a lot. I feel bad, but I've had people kind of consistently sprinkle in there, whether it was like gambling winnings from the show or just shows of appreciation. Want to let you guys know that those do go a long way to help me. Not because again, I'm not trying to play my violin and throw my poppers hat out there. That's poor MMA. Like I'm super grateful to be where I am. We all choose to be where we're at. Like believe me, I'm not trying to do that. I sincerely hope it doesn't come off that way. And furthermore, that any of these donations, they actually do go back to helping the show. I already have lights, uh, a microphone, um, the, the laptop with the programs. Uh, I'm actually still need to do. I'm still a little short on. Um, I got posters and, and stuff I want to be decorating with already set. Uh, I don't have an exact set desk. That's also because the desk and chair I'm sitting on right now is garbage. I've had it for like ten years a piece. Uh, the chair like five. But, uh, but yeah, so I mean, there's certain things I'm still kind of getting toward, but uh, the main thing, the only thing, main thing missing is I'm actually going to get a legit camera. I do want to get one of those legit cameras for the YouTube channel. So I'm not just relying on the laptop solely, or at least that laptop camera and anything that goes there will we'll be going to that. And, um, so I just wanted to give you guys a shout without saying any names, uh, let you guys know that I have been watching that it is going to a good place. And m most importantly, it's goddamn appreciated. Uh, so that's enough of that. Let's get to the recap here. Uh, UFC Vancouver went down top of the card. Of course, Justin uh, Gaethje defeated Donald Cerrone. Um, not much to say on this one. Uh, I mean, I, I know it wasn't a, it wasn't exactly a, a, a crazy pick. I picked the favorite. It was somebody that, uh, from what I could see online and 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 whatnot, it, it really didn't seem like I was going against the grain here. But uh, but yeah, uh, I. Got it, uh, Gaethje, uh, round, round one, um, toward the end of it, right before the second starts, round one, four minutes, 18 seconds. Um, and a lot of things I said did happen as far as Donald Cerrone, you know, his check hook was going to be the thing to watch out for. And we saw that land a couple times. Um, and Gaethje, you know, lots being made of his improvements and deservedly so, uh, but, uh, you know, this wasn't the first fight that he showed it. He's kind of steadily shown that. And I, I believe me and Keith talked about that. I definitely know I talked about that in my breakdown, specifically citing and shouting it to Trevor Whitman. And um, and it kind of just went as is. Uh, you know, the, the stoppage was a bit late there. Jaron Vallel, uh, I hear he's a really cool cat, and he's really into the martial arts. I, I respect that. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. He hasn't really had many performances that win me over uh, uh, as a referee. Um he has this certain, um, and I said it, I, I, I'm pretty sure I used this descriptor, and I'm pretty sure it was uh, uh, shouts there to at Rockstar Z uh, there uh, agreed with me to talking about it like a couple of years ago. It was like, it's like he almost has like a false sense of security about him sometimes, and that can be very dangerous. Like, don't get me wrong, you need that confidence. The ref needs the confidence, certain like a fighter needs a confidence, like uh, like Harvey Keitel and U five seven one, right? To Matthew McConaughey, like. The skipper's always got to know the answer, even when he doesn't. That's probably not the line, but you know, you know what I'm saying. And the, the, a ref does have to have have to have that. But man, it just doesn't seem like a. I don't know. I'm not gonna. I don't want to shit on on Jaron or refs, man. They have a hard enough job. But but yeah, um, I will say that again. Uh, I'll fucking nail these other main events like throughout the year consistently, down to the method and down to everything, right? The round and all that shit. 
But God help me if I get a fucking popular car when everybody's looking at my prediction. (laughs) God, we'll get that one wrong. Holy fuck, man. Jesus. Anyways. Uh, Glover Teixeira. Not today again, motherfucker. I mean, I think people are finally starting to catch on that, you know, you, 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 you can't just count this guy out yet, even though he's getting older and the bottom can drop out. It's just these athletic guys, man. He's just going to cook them. He's going to survive that storm, and he's going to cook them, man. I love that method. And uh, he was really going for that sub, uh, you know, because it wasn't uh, just me and you folks, the proverbial you, especially listeners to this podcast that may have been betting on this sub. But uh sounds like Glover was betting on that sub, too, a bottle of whiskey. Another reason why I love Glover. And, uh, boy, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to miss whiskey a little bit. But I like this... Uh, this, uh, oh, I actually, I cheated. I did have a, a glass of beer at the, at the movie theater because it was a luxury movie theater. I just wanted to enjoy my night. And uh, But, yeah, I'm going I'm, to... I'm, that, 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 uh, that'll probably be it for, for, for a while because I'm liking this this break um, and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, uh, Uriah Hall defeated Antonio Carlos Jr. I think this was like the first fight that I actually got... Oh, no, Todd Duffy, uh, no contest, Jeff Hughes. Yeah, whoa. That was a tough man. Can't win. Uh, that was a tough man, a t- tough one to watch for the Duff man. You know, I'm a fan of, of, of Todd, a uh, uh, guy I consider a friend. So obviously, I'm super biased. Uh, even though it was kind of looked that he was coming at the MMA media, I, I kind of saw what he was saying. I, I didn't reach out, but uh, I was curious to get my man Bronstetter's feelings about this. Uh, shouts to Aaron Bronstetter, by the way. Uh, yeah, I always appreciate his opinions, obviously. Because he's another guy who's not afraid to go against the grain, but he will not just do it to do it. He will he will have an argument. He will have have facts. He will have things he can cite. And uh, he was probably the only other person me that, that kind of didn't didn't immediately take offense and do that thing that fans and even the media does themselves, where we get butt hurt because we go, oh, what are you saying? You're saying that I don't uh, that I don't and I don't necessarily think it was that. And if you look at Todd's interview the next day, he's immediately like multiply like retracting and even like you know apologize like yeah i was grumpy i was that was you know unfair uh you know um but you know of course that doesn't really get get talked about and again uh, like i think aaron said too and i said in my tweet as well you don't have to agree with everything i i certainly don't but uh you know it it is good to kind of uh you know look at what these guys are saying this and that the problem is todd hasn't exactly been the most active guy uh, vocally uh, on on platforms or fighting, which obviously ties into getting that platform. I, I get that. And then he goes out and uh, has, you know, questionable body language and 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 arises a lot of speculation and rightfully so. I mean, it's a you know we all of us speculate at the end of the day whether it's clear cut or controversial, right? Uh, and, and and yeah, it, you know, it didn't look good, right? It didn't look good. That said, I will say, and I'm pretty sure it was Luke Thomas who said it, and uh, boy, I'd love to hear him. Well, I don't think I, I would need to hear him expand upon it more, but Luke's got a, a great uh, platform there and, uh, and is a sharp guy, and, uh, I, and and would love to see, hear him mention that more, but I believe it was him who mentioned uh, something along the lines of um, just, you know, athletes do need a way out to quit. It's already, yeah, people quit. Yeah, it's fine. Like, and really think about it, you're like, yeah, we, we put this weird stigma and stuff, and it's like, they do need an out. It's not the, you know, it doesn't make their stock go up, doesn't make them, you know, doesn't, you know, look the greatest, it doesn't, you know, uh, gives us the proverbial blue balls as fans and spectators, sure, but at the end of the day, we do need to provide that out. We can't chastise guys for perhaps taking away out. I'm not saying Todd did, but that's what we're talking about here, right, folks? That's what's being thrown out there, right? So I'll use that hypothesis as an example um we can't i mean we can you're welcome to do whatever you want i honestly don't care folks but i'm just for food for thought devil's advocate here i don't know if we can there's a better way to phrase it uh criticize so harshly a guy perhaps taking a way out in the same sport that constitutes and we raise our hand and support we're proud when when it comes time for boxing versus mma arguments right that we have a sport where, where we tap out when it's done. And, uh, yeah, you know, and I get it. It kind of goes back to the tapping the strikes thing. But, uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm not trying to die on any hills here or tell you how to feel. I definitely don't feel great about it either. I'm just, uh, you know, just, just, just I'm, I'm biased here and just wanted to throw, throw that out. At the end, it doesn't look good. I'm not, not, not defending Todd. Hopefully, he just can <coughs> uh, go and get his, you know, uh, his voice out there and his side of it out there. Maybe they'll rebook it. Who knows? Hall defeated Antonio Carlos Jr. Took Antonio Carlos Jr. super reluctantly, like I stated on Twitter, probably here. Because it was just was going to be a weird fight. You're going to sweat either way, which is how it went. But happy to see Hall and Safe Sayud and that team get another victory. Uh, Tristan Connolly defeated Michelle Pajeda. A lot of talk about Pajeda. And uh, I believe it was Zane Simon over there in Bloody Elbow that called it Circus MMA, which is such a great fucking term. Uh, we saw it fail, and, you know, we got the bonus. I don't have a problem with any of it or them booking Pajeda. You know, I mean, kind of justice was served, so I don't see the problem. And great story for Connolly. Love to see him. Can't wait to see him back and see get a better showing and sense of who he is. But at the same time, I feel like Chas Kelly and Jordan Griffin could have got that fight of the night, man. That was some classic like Diego Sanchez versus Carl Parisian type fight, flipping all over the place. You know what I'm saying? We'll get to that uh, here in, in a second. I'm going to speed through to that. Misha Serkinov defeated Jim Krupp. Um, You know. I know a lot of a lot of people bet a lot of my friends of mine bet on this one and we're on the losing end so I definitely don't, don't want to be too happy in that sense uh, you know and I don't blame anybody for betting on Jim Crude I thought the line was actually going to favor him more with Serkinov and his trend and uh, I picked them definitely wasn't confident in it so I'm not trying I'm not definitely not beating my chest I was just was very happy especially on Twitter just you know I me mean, man I love seeing guys overcome adversity and especially with just. Um, you know, try to focus and do your job while taking care of a loved one is something I'm a bit sympathetic toward right now, obviously. So I, uh, yeah, like many of us do, uh, I try not to because I'm very grounded that I'm not a fighter. These guys are. But, yeah, maybe part of me was living, living a bit vicariously through the fighter there in the sense that I was just ridiculously happy for Misha. Um which is just a hard-earned victory, getting bombed on, sweeping out, getting on top, and just fucking hell. Uh, our Augusto Sakai defeated Marcin Tabura. Easy money in hindsight, man. Congrats to people on the Sakai side. He was crucial for me uh, to come out on top that night. That's for damn sure. Uh, and Tabura, man, my, my how the money had fallen. And, uh, and that's coming from me, somebody who, wasn't, who appreciated Tabura for his technical stuff that not a lot of people were talking about. But I also wasn't immediately sold. I was one of the few taking Tim Johnson, you know, in the debut and whatnot. Granted, that was a close fight. But you get what I'm saying. So, but even I'm now going like, man, this guy's fell even from my expectations, which weren't as high as everybody else's. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Miles Johns defeated Cole Smith. Um, props to, I, I wasn't confident about this one, uh, but I did pick Johns. But Keith was super confident. I think that was like his bold pick or something. So props to Keith. Uh, I wasn't confident in this next pick, and I wasn't confident in the scorecards, but uh, kind of glad that the judges rewarded uh, damage and, and, and that activity toward damage as Hunter Asur actually gets a uh, unanimous decision there. Uh, or, yeah, unanimous over Brad Katona, uh, despite not having to heavily rely on his wrestling in the offensive sense. Chas Kelly defeats Jordan Griffin. Uh, always happy to see Chas Kelly come through. Uh, you know, I'm pretty bi biased toward that guy. Always been a fan of Chas. Um, not sure, Chaz, you listen to this program? Shout me if you do, but I, I, I know he follows me on Twitter. He'll sometimes chime in on stuff, and uh, I'll you know, see his opinion. I always appreciate Chaz's opinion, and uh, so I got a bit my bias for that one, but, man, was happy to see him come through. was hoping they got the uh, fight of the night, especially with, you know, the finances. You know, you talk about finances and, and what these things do going through these hard times and what hard times of health means, and, you know, Chaz Skelly was touching on that, man, again. Again, folks, not just some uh, senseless media people like we're, like Dana White's like fucking taking us out for sandwiches every week. Like, no, it's not happening. We're, we actually sympathize with these fighters a lot more than y'all think. Um, so good on Chaz Skelly. Luis Smoka defeated Ryan McDonald. Um, technical knockout there. That was awesome. The body work up to the head, man. Smoka working over there with Team Oyama. And Ryan McDonald, man, you know, sad story. I, I feel bad coming off harsh on the kid. Uh, but but uh, just the pathway, man. Uh, you know, um, I almost just hope he goes back on regionals if he can if he can afford to. He's young 
and just kind of get get his skills up because I just think it was just way too rushed. There's Benjamin over there hacking up. Um, and his his ear blew back up too, by the way, within that two week span. So his ear blew back up the second time, and then now third time taking him in tomorrow. So yeah, it's been a lot, a lot of doctors in the top. A lot of doctors. Yeah, I'm talking about you, baby boy. A lot of doctors of visits for the Tom Clan here, folks. All right. Um, and Austin Hubbard. Oh, speaking of doctors' visits, I ugh, wishing him well as he defeated Kyle Prepolek. Um, wasn't confident in that pick and saw why a lot of uh, adjustments were needed in that fight. But it was a good fight. All right. Onward and upward. Uh, Half hour, wow, long, Dan, long. It was like, what, 50 minutes of a recap and 15 minutes of topics off the top. Sorry about the personal family stuff, and it wasn't too much. Just take it as a reminder, folks, to just, you know, appreciate your loved ones there. And for the degenerates, about 30 minutes in. All right. Uh, all right. UFC in Mexico City, UFC on ESPN plus 17. Sure. Uh, UFC Fight Night. 159? Sure. Uh, yeah, you're Rodriguez. Minus 105 now. Jeremy Stevens is actually your favorite. Minus 115. I'd like to say, I'd like to say my breakdown should take credit for that. No, just kidding. I would not like to say that, nor do I think that, by the way. That was a joke. But... It's a bad joke in leading to what I was going to say, which is the reason why Jeremy Stevens is probably the favorite right now is because everybody's probably fading, fading our old buddy Gianni. Um, and I'm not going to pile on that guy. That guy gets piled on enough as it is. Uh, fucking just go read the comments on the posts. Hey, man, he's getting his hustle on. I ain't hating. But uh, <laughs> your work speaks for itself, and uh, I'll just leave it at that. And that's I'll continue just to worry about myself and try to make my work better. But, man, that... Boy, I think what I forget what he was on last week though. Like, I think one of the things he mushed completely, and the others that was like mushed to like a no contest or just create like crazy thing out. Like, yeah, like it was just insane. Biggest favorite, like lose. Like, I just, yeah, I, I, man. So maybe that's what it is. But uh, and what pisses me off is I actually got Stevens at minus one hundred five. Is because for the longest time I've been I've been getting a little better. Like, you know, like I got um, what's his name uh. Uh, the Russian bear. Sorry, Ben's drinking water. My, my concentration's not great today. Um, Karatanov early. Uh, I'll grab some of these numbers early. And Stevens was a guy I thought I had from dog like a couple weeks out. Because, again, I got my study for these main events in before vacation. It attempts to vacation. I <laughs> attempts to have some, uh, some free time and free days to get stuff done here. Uh, so I thought I'd grab Stevens. I did not. And then before I realized it, the line was already moving. It's too late. I grabbed a bit at minus 105 and not a lot because I was going to hold out to see if the line got better. Doesn't look like it is. Uh, go check my breakdown for the details. I went a little longer on these breakdown videos, which I wasn't supposed to. Everything's supposed to be shorter. And, uh, you know, I get it. It's supposed to be. It, I, I agree. But, God damn, it can be hard for me sometimes. But I did give some decent detail and a lot more detail, though, of course, as I do on the written breakdowns, which is why you should check those out. Uh, over to MMAJunkie.com. And, uh, you know, just, I really like what I'm hearing from Steven's interviews. You know, he's not really one to get tired. His pace and pressure is much more consistent than Yair's, which is crazy to think Yair's had more five-round fights, more five-round fights recently. Both were at elevation, albeit not as high. Uh, Utah, lower than Denver, and Denver, believe it or not, despite that being crazy, um, actually not as high as Mexico City, not as high as elevation there. Uh, but Rodriguez is just kind of been training around camps. Uh, Mario Delgado Jr., something uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt guy, looks like the main one he's been training out in Mexico. And that was the thing I noticed for a lot of these Mexicans, the ones that even do train and do cross-training stateside. Kind of like with these European cards, like the Europeans that do that, it's kind of dangerous. It's like, okay, they don't have as much to travel. They're used to fighting there, but they're not going to get the same type of training partners that they do when they do their camps in America. And it's going to be... More feasible for them just to stay there. Like, I don't blame them, right? Just more feasible and money-wise. Um, so that was the theme from top of the card from Yair to more bottom of the card fighters. They just kind of stayed in their perspective home, south of the border, right? 
And that's fine and dandy, and those places are progressing, but even if those PIs that they're planning were up and running, you're still probably going to lose out on some wrestlers and certain other things, certain other, certain other training-type skill sets, right? So something to keep in mind. Um, and although you can take Jeremy Stevens down with well-timed power doubles, which Yair does have, and he did a lot more earlier on in his career, um, and he keeps in his back pocket. He doesn't do it as much anymore, but something that he always kind of had with Izzy Martinez, I talk about that in the breakdown. Zabit was also able to do those things, but I think Zabit's wrestling is much better, and Zabit's control is much better too, to where even if Yair is able to hit one or two, I don't see him holding down Stevens, much less submitting him. I mean, you should look at what Stevens was able to, you know, even though he he, he lost, right? But, yeah, he didn't get submitted. I mean, you, you know, through three rounds with Bronx in precarious positions, you know. Uh, he understands grip fighting, submission defense, underrated wrestling for Stevens. And he'll actually, doesn't do it a lot, but he'll actually go for some late round takedowns for some points as well. Essentially, I'm siding with Stevens' pressure. You know, his footwork is looked serviceable sometimes with his feints and other times he's just chasing those times seem to get stuck in most people's head and i think the common thread that when you really go back and watch the footage is is when whenever eric del fiero isn't there because there were some camps where like against moicano and even i believe against edgar although he ended up almost knocking out edgar later in the fight again that's the thing jeremy gets stronger um he didn't have del fiero in his corner and sometimes didn't even camp with him for those camps so I'm not making excuses, but there are correlations and common threads when you go look at those really bad footwork performances, so to speak, with Stevens. Um, that's not something that I don't think gets mentioned a lot and it's worth looking into. Uh, even though he didn't have Fierro out there, I think he'll have him out there for the corner. He, he has been training at Alliance more consistently, uh, even though doing the last camp, bit of camp at Mexico, which is fine. He's got guys to kind of jump around like Teco Quinones. And some other bodies, uh, and he just looks and sounds great. So I'm going to go with Jeremy Stevens. He's going to be at a speed disadvantage. He could get caught by something crazy and perfect by Rodriguez. He's the last guy you want to count out for something like that. But your athleticism can only bail you out so much. And even with Rodriguez's speed and athleticism, he still needs to take breaks. Now, he was injured and in the fight and on semi-short notice for Denver card. Okay, fine. But even against Caceres... Uh, and at elevation, granted, but not as high as elevation in Utah. Um, he uh, he still needed. He st there were still pockets. The reason why it was so, you know not not taken away from Caceres, not taking away credit from him, but Caceres was able to use his veteran savvy and fight his way back in the rounds because you know it was it, he subtly would take time off, kind of like Jose Aldo. You really gotta kind of watch the pace. They're really clever about how they do it. Not as clever as Jose uh, because he's he was using too much movement and that catches up with you. But Yair does you know have times where he has to kind of take his break. So I see the proverbial tortoise catching up with the hare, uh, getting knockouts in rounds. I think either three or four is what I put uh, my breakdown. I don't know. You have to go check out that. But Jeremy Stevens also Jeremy Stevens by TKO plus one fifty if you're looking for a plus money play there. All right, uh, Alexa Grasso, minus 125, Carlos Barza, plus 105. Hardest fight on the card for me to pick. Really tough. Initially came in leaning toward Grasso. Maybe that's because I looked at the odds before I broke down the matchup, which is usually a no-no for me, but sometimes hard to avoid. Um, and then kind of went back toward Esparza, and it's tough. I just, you know, you look at Esparza's losses, and you can make an argument that, you know, she's really only lost the best getting outclassed. Just getting outwashed in a striking match by someone who could defend takedowns, or you know, in Jacek in her prime, right? Or getting washed by somebody who wasn't just bigger and stronger, but was also came from the same base, but was more technical with the same base. From her wrestling using cradles to even the submission wrestling part, chaining off of a front headlock in certain positions. Um, again, she doesn't get the uh, Khabib. Uh, comparisons Tatiana Suarez that is who defeated Carlos Sparza for nothing and you can argue you know I thought I think I might even picked Marcos but I thought um Sparza won sorry and they both have split decisions loss and victories or so something like that to Marcos and you could kind of argue both those the other way it's weird uh and I get I get really confused with that sample size so now they're facing each other uh and 
by the way, I gotta update my VPN, but it's like the same thing. It's like I gotta, you know, fucking fight pass, pop up here. Gotta open up a different browser for internet surfing, and that, then that's not gonna play it because you know, it's gonna be one of the MMA core fucking works less and less, and then. I try to find some Russian shit, nothing pops up, and then, ah, fuck, I gotta you go, this, this, shouldn't it play the pay-per-view fights of the ones on ESPN? No, it's not gonna play it. Oh, you're not in this region. Ah, get another VPN. Oh, VPN, the one, my free one doesn't work, and I gotta, it's like, fuck, man. How do you, I, I work for this shit, it's my job. How do you expect fucking casuals to follow this sport and fucking invest into it? The walls you fucking put up. You know? Oh, not enough MMA. Alright, don't fucking complain when you have fucking weak-ass cards like this. Alright, but yeah, it just was ridiculous. I could not watch, you know, Grasso, Caval, Cavish to spare the life. But I don't know what it would have said because, again, I, you know, Danton loves me some Carolina. But I've also been saying for a long time that Carolina is very simple. People got her figured out, and that's kind of it. You know, like... Uh, She's not adjusting her style and just kind of goes in the same dogfight. And, you know, she's, she's, she's going to be tough to get past a certain level of fighter. Uh, complete different styles as Sparza, too. So I still don't know where Grasso's takedown defense is. I think her jiu-jitsu is probably going to be getting better. She looks to be consistently doing that from her Instagram. She looks in great shape. She's going to have that home advantage. Sparza did do this camp at Big Bear, which is good. It shows she's taking it seriously. But kind of like Jeremy Stevens was saying, who did part of his pre-camp uh, Big Bear and was talking to Tony Ferguson who he did his pre-camp with who trains exclusively in Big Bear it's still not the same as Mexico City I and mean, nothing really but that that being said nothing compares to Mexico City so you gotta do what you gotta do uh, she did that and uh, you know plus 105 I think this is a fair line it's tough I, I went with the Spars on a whim because uh, I totally spaced on my fucking staff picks because uh, I wrote my uh, uh, to-do list a little different uh, on vacation, all I ever want. And so I just was scrambling awake. Like, it's like the first day I slept in for a minute. I'm like, oh, this is why I don't sleep in. Because I wake up and my fucking PTSD is real. And anxiety. I miss something. There's always something to miss. There's no no off-season in this sport, folks. Uh, and uh, I think I just I picked a Sparza. So it's not the most confident pick. But I could see her maybe just wrestling two rounds out of three. Um, I know she's in Mexico and hometown judging. But we'll see. We'll see. Uh, taking, oh, not taking, uh, favorite, Askar Askaroff, minus 160, uh, underdog, Brandon Moreno, comeback, plus 140. Uh, couldn't find a lot of Askar Askaroff. You know me, I like watching the old ACB over there, but I haven't been watching it that much these most recent years. Watched a lot of their, their upstart years. Um, so Askar kind of blew past my radar. His best win is a guy, Jose Maria. Torres, who got knocked out by John Lineker in the UFC. I had a cup of coffee there. I used to work with a guy uh, back at Whole Foods. Was, uh, he was a uh, was a janitor there, and his name was Jose Maria. And I was just like, ha, ha. I was I was giggling, I'm like, yeah, hey, he got knocked out by John Lineker. Um, but yeah, uh, still, he looks talented. Got a lot of uh, the bio sheet. A lot of uh, as you would suspect by looking at him. A lot of Sambo championships there, wrestling and Sambo. He swings like it. He fights from either stance, swings hard from both sides, uh, puts his combinations together, crashes into the clinch in the space. We'll get his takedowns, go from there. Uh, good back control, strong back control. Like Brandon Moreno, will really just isolate guys with that body lock and crank. Um, just Brandon Moreno looks better on the striking and will catch guys more opportunistically. And although I couldn't find the full fight, I didn't really look that hard, to be honest, of his LFA cup of coffee since he's been in the UFC, that win. Um, he had over their champ. Granted, that guy was coming off of like a 14-month layoff. Uh, you know, his, his, his striking looked a little bit cleaner. He still kind of throws some weird stuff. But, uh, you know, he hit a nice kind of check shovel hook there uh, to put the guy down. And that's the exact kind of a punch that, like, I could see Askar Askarov getting caught with because he fights super wide open, ridiculously. So essentially, I see Askar Askarov probably have uh, deserving to be the favorite with his transition game and Sambo game. But I could see Moreno not only catching him early with said shots and then maybe finishing him on the ground himself, whether it be by submission or TKO. Um, I also, you know, I'm not sure about having your first UFC fight, possibly first time traveling outside of Europe and Russia. 
and you're having to go all the way across the world to Mexico high altitude to face stupid tough guy with stupid cardio and stupid confidence and Brandon Moreno, who's just known for just pulling out stupid stuff. I'm going to take the dog here. Um, I don't blame anybody for not, and maybe they did more tape study than me, uh, which is not a, a hard maybe to do because I, I didn't do much again. So don't follow me off a cliff here. It's only a sprinkle. But uh, I threw a little half unit there for plus 140 on Brandon Moreno. Ugh, why not? Arin Aldana. You know, another one of Dan Tom's favorites because, you know, got weird taste like that. Minus 5 for 35 against Vanessa Melo. Plus 420, man. Uh, I'm pretty sure Vanessa, from what I read in her profile, is a brown belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Um... I think she comes from the Sao Paulo region, so she's got some uh, maybe a shoots box attachments there, I want to say. But uh, I didn't watch any of her fights, so I, I would just be guessing and pissing in the wind. I don't think she, you know, uh, I'm guessing, uh, I think she's got a lot of decisions and whatnot, so I'm guessing she's more control, and her her, yeah, her brown belt is more of a, you know, she's got more of an IBJJF stylings where she's just controlling people, you know, two submissions, zero knockouts, all decisions, so... She's probably going to get stuck on the feet and stuck at space. Maybe Aldana finishes her. Maybe she doesn't. Aldana's been working on her submission game too, she says. So I don't think she'll be, you know, the worst that'll happen. Maybe she loses a round on her back. But I don't, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. This girl's going to have to be really good to, be, to you know, implement the game and submit girl, a uh, physical girl like Aldana. Uh, so, yeah, the line's probably high that, that high for a reason. I don't have any parlays to peek my hand and really just to say common sense because it's not only is it MMA but this is a fucking last card you want to parlay anything so I don't know what the fuck you're going to do or what kind of angle you take on this fight honestly with that being said <sighs> and the over-unders really being out of depths in my opinion but yeah alright next fight um Steven Peterson Martin Bravo minus 110 apiece uh surprised Bravo's getting this much respect you know, tough Mexican in Mexico. Uh, shows he can wrestle purple or blue belt or something. I think he's a blue belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. But Steven Peterson, brown belt. Just the, the, the fight IQ and putting it together. You know, you see safe. I love safe. Side. It's funny watching watching this fight versus Caceres. It's like, you lost that round. I will fucking cut you. He didn't say that, but that's what I imagined him saying. Uh, it shouts to safe side, by the way. I'm not 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 hating on it, on his style. I'm just poking fun in a in a positive way. I love it. Uh, but I yeah, give me Stephen Peterson here. I know I keep taking him as, as as dogs here, and he keeps 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 losing. But uh, fuck it, man. I think that pressure style is gonna pay off on this one. Um, but they these guys both have something in common. You know, uh, when they get hit with something, they just walk forward and will run right into it again. Uh, that's the problem. The difference is, I think Stephen Peterson is the better wrestler. Uh, the better than the scrambles, and uh, the better grappler. So it's going to be ugly as shit, and both guys could maybe, you know, well, I don't know. If, I don't think either guy's going to, I don't think Bravo's going to knock Peterson out, but Peterson's probably just going to bleed from Bravo looking at him too long because, like, he's got that Darren Elkins thing where he just bleeds. Like, he had the back mount, was dominating, and all of a sudden it starts bleeding all over Caceres. Like, this guy can't help it. Whereas, like, Peterson perhaps could ice Bravo with the right shot. You never know, but he's more of a volume guy. So, yeah, this one's probably going over. It's going to be fucking crazy. Um, probably should be on my avoids list, but I'll, I'll probably be taking a shot at Peterson. I'm waiting to see where that line goes. If it goes dog money to Peterson, I'm going to pull the trigger. We'll see. Minus 110 apiece. All right, next fight. I, I'm pretty sure this opened a lot wider and money came in. Uh, Alberto Quinones is your favorite still, minus 140. Uh, money, came, I believe, came in on Carlos Joaquin, plus 120. Uh, I didn't pick Joaquin against Barcelos, obviously, but I did say there were some things to look out for. He's got some real solid southpaw boxing. He's not like these fucking Jesus fucking Pinedos or Humberto Benzenais of the world uh, coming out of South South America with their southpaw stands just fucking spamming body kicks, and that's about goddamn it. Like, no, Ho Chin can actually box, even though he really doesn't list any of it on his stuff. He's got a purple belt Luta Livre, which I like. Same right there as uh, good old uh, Vicente Luque. Um... But, yeah, he's going to be at a wrestling, scrambling disadvantage and probably just overall grappling disadvantage to Jose Albert Quinones. Quinones is kind of like a decision volume machine if you've been on him. 
But at a certain level, it's just tough because even against guys where he's winning, you go back to those fights, like he's getting rocked and stuff. Like you, another southpaw is going to be facing or he faced before Taruto Ishihara. Like Ishihara could have very well stolen those rounds, maybe especially with the way judges have been scoring fights, which I don't have a problem with, but you need to be aware because they're not consistent with it is the problem, right? With the way judges have been scoring with damage, like those, that, that could have gone to Ishihara, you know, and whether you agree with it or not, just from what we've been seeing. Uh, so... You got to worry about that with Quinones because his aggression and his pressure comes at, his as, at a price. His defense is never that great, and he, he's comes at his volumes. and Pressure is awesome, but he's still also coming arguably at straight lines. And Hawachin uh, throws, so I'm actually going to take Hawachin for the upset here. I'm not confident in it. In fact, it's on the avoids list. But even my avoids, everything is on the avoids list. This is kind of stupid. And the funny thing is, like some of the few props I played were are things from the avoids list. So. Don't fucking listen to me, guys. Again, I didn't really, I didn't really do a lot of tape study here. I'm just telling you what I, what my opinions are. And as a degenerate, I'll be what I'll be watching and playing and looking for. And Hawachin by TKO is plus four twenty, man. So I put a little bit of Hawachin there, um, just because I, I don't really don't want to sweat too much on a Kinones play. Um, but I don't blame y'all if you want to play him either. It's on my avoid list, to be honest. It's probably gonna be fucking crazy, but. If I'm being honest, I did sprinkle a bit on that, that TKO prompt. Hey, yo. All right. Uh, this one's also on my avoid list, yet I ended up taking a prop, prop part of it because taking a side is dangerous. So maybe it's an avoid for a side. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. And that fight is Kyle Nelson, your favorite, minus 125, which kind of surprised me. Uh, maybe because I like Poyo Reyes. But you look at the slide, and he, he just keeps getting knocked out too as well. Earns him a plus 105 as an underdog. Poyo Reyes. Um, I didn't go back to watch too many of their fights or anything like that, but like, um, do like Kyle Nelson better. He's going to be the better fighter on the ground if that needs to go that direction. And even though I believe he only has four KOs off the top of my head to his name, he, uh, he looks like he's really embracing and getting more of a feel for that part of his game. Uh, especially at 155, he's not killing himself. I don't know how the monster made 145. Um, Oh, they are making one. This is a 145 fight. Jesus, Poirier Reyes is killing himself. Yeah, Poirier Reyes is going to get knocked out then. Because uh, at least Nelson's younger and has a less of a track record of getting knocked out. And the one TKO loss was Diego Fajeda. That was short notice. And Fajeda's obviously legit. And that wasn't like a one-shot knockout. That was like accumulation. I'm tired. Like, he was up shaking his hand, like, within a couple seconds after. So... Uh, yeah, uh, with that being said, so, I mean, he can get tired here, too, so that's fucked it. Unless he gets tired and Poyo Reyes just survives him, uh, this could be fucking crazy, either way. Then he, maybe he loses, but even then, I don't know if it, it goes over. And if they're giving, I, I don't know if it goes over one and a half, even if Ty Kyle Nelson gets tired and loses that way. Uh, but either way, I mainly see one of the other, other guys starching the other and maybe clubbing subbing him. I don't see it going over um, a round and a half. So if they're putting plus 110 on under, I took a shot at that, folks. Plus 110 under Nelson Reyes. Not that you need to jump off my cliff. that cliff. It's a crazy fight, as it is on my avoid list for a side. But I did take a prop under on that. Uh, Angela Hill, favorite, minus 150 versus Ariani Carnelosi. Superstar! I wrote that on her in my notes here because uh, she... Um, if you go to her sure dog picture, uh, Ariani Carnelosi, superstar. She has her arms crossed, but like she, her hands are firmly pressed under her armpits. Because sometimes when I get nervous, I just have to. I don't even know that quote, and I probably just butchered that. But those of you 90s kids or SNL kids probably know what I'm talking about. Uh, I didn't watch her fight, but she looks like a little bricked up girl in 5'2". And Angela Hill, I don't know why she comes off like as like, like a five six or five seven, but she's only like five five or five four or some shit. Uh, but she's just longer. She's still gonna be longer here, more more mobile, mobile. Sorry, it's really bad being there. Mobile, yeah, let's do one. Uh, she's gonna be uh, more mobile than Ariani. Uh, maybe some opportunistic takedowns. I don't know. I'm guessing the lines for a reason because this girl looks pretty athletic in this poster. She's got tons of. Like Muay Thai, karate, kickboxing, um, a lot of stuff under her belt. Uh, you know, um, yeah. So uh, she, she she probably can scrap. The line's probably not blown up for a reason. So that one's definitely on the avoid list. I didn't touch anything in that fight, not even the over, which is ridiculously stupidly high, like at minus 460. 
Uh, next fight's a fun one, but feels like a trap fight. Sergio Pettis, minus 345. Uh, Tyson Nam, come back on him as your underdog, plus 285. Taking this fight on short notice, 35 or 34-year-old Tyson Nam. Tyson Nam's been around forever, folks. Um, most people, he came out of the scene, I think, in Brazil, like Shuto, I don't have it in front of me, but he had this crazy, my favorite punch, right, check right hook uh, knockout of Eduardo Dantas. It kind of got him up on the scene, but then kind of got him thrown into the shark pit, you know, when I think he fought like Marlon Marais, like in the WSOF right after that, then lost to like Cody Bollinger, who, when that guy was on, was good, man, and then lost to somebody else, I believe. But like, uh, before that, uh, who did he fight before that, that he got on my radar with? Um, Fohanel. He got he has a win over uh, Burden, uh, Ostevich's uh, ex, the one that, uh, I think he tried to kill her or something. Uh, Jesus, Dan, that's dark. Sorry, I'm just saying. I think that's what happened. Uh, Tyson Nam, as I pull him up here. Where did he come up with my fight? It was a lead XC fight. Which fight was that? People are screaming right now. Um, oh, yeah, he lost to Russell Dome. But before he lost to Russell Dome, he has right. He beat Albert Bad Manners. People remember that Top Out show. Like, that was like Donald Cerrone was on back in the day, like in 2006 or seven or something. Like, uh, Albert Manners was on that. They did the Top Out show in Hoy. Albert Bad Manners. And uh, I was like, that's how I, I knew Albert. And, uh, of, and then Tyson Nam came on and, and beat him. And I was like, oh, it's Tyson Nam. It's a cool name. It's a dude from Hawaii, what? And, uh, and yeah, he's kind of just, just, just went back and forth, uh, beat Bird on. Beat, KO head kicked Ali Bagotinov. I remember like being shocked, but just so much MMA that just went in one ear and out the other. And I went back to watch that recently. Um, and then recently coming off a win over Shojin Mickey, who's not really anybody, but like, uh, I did see Shojin Mickey over at, uh, when I was over covering, uh, Bellator Hawaii, he fought there, that, uh, lost the decision, just a kind of a hipster looking tough grappler guy, it was tough to get out of there, so he was able just to fend him off for three rounds, what it looks like, by beating him by decision. But yeah, uh, Tyson Nam's gonna be a good kickboxer, man, uh, to, to, to go against Sergio Pettis would be, be interesting, um. He's big, too. Big for the weight class. So it'll be interesting if he makes weight. But short notice, Mexico City, it's going to be tough, man. Especially the longer the fight goes. Um, so um, I'm I'm picking Pettis here, but I'm being honest. I actually played uh, Nam um, inside the distance at plus 425 because that's the only way I see him winning is getting the old check hook. Like, uh, I believe uh, Ryan Benoit got on him, right? So if Ryan Benoit can get it... And, Tyson Nam can, but the thing is, the longer this fight goes, uh, I can see Sergio pulling away, and if the fight goes to the ground, although I think Nam has good enough takedown defense to keep it from there, but if the fight ends up on the ground in a scramble, you know, Pettis, he's been subbed before, but he's also been working a lot on his ground game, so I wouldn't be surprised if Sergio turns into Serginho and uh, catches something opportunistic, you know what I'm saying? So the pick is Pettis. But I did sprinkle on Nam inside the distance because I ain't touching Pettis for that. Uh, for you know, two. I ain't touching Pettis at uh, you know, two and a half to one, much less three to one and upwards. So that's uh, that's my take on that fight. Uh, is it on the avoids list? No, but <laughs> this next fight is. Although I, I may end up taking a shot on this on a side here just because it's so stupid the line. Uh, I think the line actually was even wider. Well, no, that's not next. Uh, I'll break that fight down next, even though it's not next. The fight I was talking about was uh, Mariano Puelles, uh, Claudio Puelles minus three hundred, Marcus Mariano plus two fifty. Like Marcus Mariano's a joke. He's uh, past his prime. Uh, like regional, he'd be like a regional prelims like gatekeeper on like a jungle fights card. You know what I'm saying? But the dude can still crack if you stand with him, and he's still big. For a lightweight, right? Whereas Claudio Puelles is long, lanky, like all these guys, like South American guys. But, dude, he's in Jesus Pinedo, uh, Humberto Bontanai territory. I mean, this guy just, he's not good, man. He's, he gets tooled on, like, until he, his one win is getting fucking tooled on for, like, two and a half rounds and pulling a, a sub out of his ass. You know, he's got the purple belt and Luta Livre, good on him. But so he stayed in South America, just doing pictures of him doing strength and conditioning on his Instagram. Nothing really selling me there. And certainly, I could see him being a favorite, but certainly not two to one, much less three to one. And I think this line even came down a little bit. 
that's just a stupid line. This is on the avoids list. You shouldn't touch this fight. But out of the degenerate looking for action and just seeing stuff that just doesn't make seem like it makes sense, I'll just I'll pick Mariano. I'll pick Anderson Silva's shootbox boy because this guy will probably stand with him. Um, uh, even though he'll also be stupid enough to fall in the opportunistic sub by the third round as well. Um, I'm going to pick him to get an early KO because it's more just my hopes than it is a real analysis pick, obviously, because I didn't really do real analysis for this fight, folks. But also because I know that this is the exact kind of fight that's going to be an ugly shit show the longest, longer it goes on. So I may sprinkle on that plus 250 there, but it's on the avoid list. All right, so I want to get it off my chest. Off my, get it off my fucking chest. Sorry for your hardcore, hardcore fans there. Um, hey, off my chest. Minus 125. Vinicius Mojea, Paul Craig, plus 105. More money coming in on Mojeda. I, I took Craig here early at plus 100. This was one of the only early plays I took. I only threw like a half unit on it, nothing big. You don't got to jump off the cliff with me, but Mojeda is fucking awful. Uh, his striking is terrible. Um, and it is his submission and stuff, and he's a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, but it's still not anything to write home about. Like, I could even see Paul Craig catching some opportunistic shit. But really, you know, it probably won't happen when they're fresh. He would need to be gassed, tired, and hurt for Paul Craig to really catch him by submission. But Paul Craig is the better striker. He can do it off his back foot. And I just see Mojeda just being sloppy. If he can't get anything going, I see him falling apart. Uh, and it's not like he's like some cardio king, uh, nor is he from a weight class or fighting in a weight class where cardio is king. Um, so, essentially, unless Mojeda can show some kind of dominant striking, which I doubt is going to happen, or grappling, which on paper he should be able to, but that's also Paul Craig's strength, particularly being on bottom, um, he's going to gas himself out, and this is going to turn into a shit show, and whether they're hurt or tired, whether you like Paul Craig or not, whether you're picking him or not, I think we can argue that, like, compromised... Not only can he fight, uh, who, who, who fights better than Paul Craig Compromise? Who's more dangerous? You know what I'm saying? The record shows he'll take the blows. I'll do it my way. It's Willie Lero, Scottish time. Throwing kicks for the win, Paul Craig. In an ugly decision. That's the pick there, buddy. Bonjour. Oh, or... or our, our funds are so poor, we've got the Scottish janitor teaching French. Bonjour, you bastards. Uh, <laughs> uh, and last fight to break down on the card. Sarge Banks minus 265. Betch Cohea, plus 225. Pretty large spread, but I get the spread. What it was kind of surprising is that more money is coming in and Sarge to get it done inside the distance than not. I guess I see that with not just Sarge being more of a finisher and actually having the strength and the jiu-jitsu savvy to finish. But again, you got to factor the Mexico City factor, folks. You guys know me. I don't play overs or unders much at all. And if I do, it's usually an over. I rarely play unders. But I'm over here taking shots on unders this card because you got to factor that in with the... the it's going to force some shit shows, you know what I'm saying? That are going to fall apart against people's own will. So it could definitely be that. But I'm going to take Sajara Eubanks by a decision. I think she's probably going to strike it out for Betch for about a round and a half uh, before Betch Gohea starts seceding back to the fence, the fence, the fence, and, and takedowns. And I don't know if Sarge gets her out of there late round two or three with a sub rear naked choke, you know, after just kind of an, some attritive shit going on. Um, I could see that. But uh, I'll actually take Sarge by a decision that just gets really ugly and sloppy, a really uninspiring third round. I think she gets the first two clear. And then it's uninspiring for the rest. Uh, I ain't even confident to lay that over, though. Not not for minus 225. Um, all right. Going to review the picks and plays starting from top to bottom here. Taking Jeremy Stevens over Yair Rodriguez. Taking Carla Esparza over Alexa Grasso. Taking Brandon Moreno over Askar Askarov. Taking Aren Aldana. Over Vanessa Mello. Taking Steven Sterling Peterson with the Chicago Police Department. Taking Steven Peterson over Martin Bravo. Fuck it. Taking Carlos Hawachin over Jose Alberto Quinones. Taking Kyle the Monster, even though he's from Canada. And I'm saying it like he's from New England. <laughs> dude, the Monster, dude. 
Who wants the lobster? Nelson over uh, Pollo Reyes. Taking Angela Hill over Ariani. Superstar. Carnelosi. Taking Sergio Pettis over Tyson Nam. That one could scream trap fight. Taking Paul Craig over Vinicius Mojeda. Taking Zajara Eubanks over Beshko Heya. And taking Marcos Mariano over Claudio Puelles. Took a shot on Stevens at minus 105. Hopefully that goes to dog money. I'll, I'll, I'll hit it again. Hans, you made your fucking point. Let him pull back. Uh, but I may possibly go by TKO for Stevens plus 150. Taking Paul Craig as well for a straight play. Plus 100, half a unit. Uh, sprinkled on Moreno there, half a unit, plus 140. Mariano, I may sprinkle on as well, maybe a quarter if I do only, because it's plus 250. I mean, come on, why not? Degenerate shit. Uh, props, Nelson versus Reyes, under 1.5 rounds, plus 100. They're a half a unit on that. How about Chimba TKO, plus 420, put 0.25 on that 420, man. Nah, I'm inside the distance, plus 425. Another, another quarter unit sprinkle on that, even though I picked Pettis. Uh, on the avoid list, even though uh, I'm taking an under, I, uh, careful on the side for Nelson Reyes, avoiding completely Hill Carnelosi. And even though I sprinkled a bit on Hachin TKO because I couldn't help myself, you probably should avoid Hachin versus Quinones for the sweat, uh, as well as whatever the fuck mess Mariano and Puelez brings to the table. Guys, thanks again for the iTunes five stars, ratings, and reviews. A couple more five stars came in. All those really help keep them coming. Uh, keep the reviews coming. I'll incentivize those. Uh, we will get the post-fight shows going. We will get the questions, segments, and an email, an established email. You guys can send those questions to. Ones that I will address as well that are sitting in the DMs for my Instagram. Uh, or any guys, if you guys want to DM questions as well, you can do them there in my Instagram. Dan underscore Tom underscore MA or at Dan Tom MA on Twitter. Those DMs as well. I try to answer those as best as possible. Thank you again. For those of you who do want to donate to the show for it to progress, again, I intend on keeping it free no matter what happens to me, no matter how my format has changed, how I have to make a living. Keeping a free podcast is something I really believe in and, and making important. So thank you guys for this. And even though it is free, I do continue it as service. But if you do want to give me a nice uh, extra appreciation, feel free to uh, to find me on PayPal, go to that PayPal donate link from on mixmarshallanalyst.com. All those appreciated. All right, folks, I'm going to get out of here. Thanks again for joining me sitting through this nonsense. Uh, sorry for the TMI earlier on the personal note, but just, you know, love, hold close to the personal things we talk about MMA, but it really doesn't fucking matter, folks. Like, you really... Like, friends, family, health, and happiness is, is what matters. I'll, I'll, I'll get through my shit. Don't worry about me. It's probably just over-dramatizing it. I'll be fine. I hope you're okay. I, I really do. I really appreciate you, the proverbial listener. All of you motherfuckers. Y'all are fucking great. Good lucks in your picks and plays this weekend. And always protect the unknown.